The Big Shiny Robot Podcast is brought to you by the Bohemian Brewery. This is Tyson. This is John. This is Rebecca. This is Nick. This is still Tom. This is Lucas. And you're listening to the Big Shiny Robot Podcast. I got a nerve study done. Yes, it was very exciting. I can tell you the psychologist told me I'm a fully functioning human. That's good. Yeah. Because when you grow older, you go to the doctor so that your bones don't break and your dick won't fall off. Girl, go to the doctor so your dick won't fall off. My dick fell off once. Fuck. <laughs> Yeah. How'd you get it back? Well, so I walked in my house. I go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. I unzip my pants. Oh, oh sorry. That's <laughs> my bad. It's my roommate probably telling me to take care of his dog. <laughs> get your own dog nurse, motherfucker. His dick's missing. Hey, I'm recording a podcast. Oh, yeah, I could do that. I'm probably going to run to uh, I'm like craving a lobster roll. I think I'm going to hit freshies on the way home, but then uh, then I, I could do that. Okay, can you? She's at a fantagram all night. I'll be home in like an hour. Which flavor of fanta is she at? All right, see ya. False poker. Alarm. Got a poker game tonight. Oh, lobster and poker. Anyways, so, so I go to pee. Up. And first, I try pulling it through the hole. There's nothing there. I'm like, what the heck? And so I pull it down to my knees. Nothing. No, no dick. So I got to retrace my steps. So I walk outside, check my car. It's not my car. And I'm like, well, I took the dog on a walk. So I start walking down the road. There it is. Just laying in the road. Birds. Pecking it, <laughs> picking at it. Road dick. That's not no. good. Yeah. So I put it back on. It's got some weird marks in it mm. from the beaks, <laughs> the, the bird beaks. It's a little bumpy. That's how he got the nickname, old beak dick. Yeah, that's why she called me worm dick. <laughs> old... I don't know if that's why. <laughs> got worms. I got uh, worms. I got worms. <laughs> that's what we're going to call it. So speaking of uh, John getting worms, you went to the doctor. Because you ain't been sleeping. Yeah. For so like a this month. Is like, I went to I went to a doctor. I'm like, hey, doctor, I'm not sleeping. This is like three months ago. And he's like, all right, I'm going to give you this medication. See if that works. But you should go see a sleep specialist. And so I started taking the medication. I was like, I'm not doing sleep. Spe- I'm not paying for that. <laughs> and I go to the doctor. I get the meds, I take them, I sleep the first night, I sleep the second night, and then I don't sleep for like a week. I'm like, mm. oh, God, I'm going to have to schedule this appointment. So I call the sleep doctor. He's like, yeah, I can get you in like a week. So another week goes by, and I go in, I tell him what's going on, and he checks me out. And he's, he's like, like well, here's your twofold. He's like, one, you probably have insomnia, clearly. Yeah. Two, your tongue is... The average person has this much space in their windpipe, and mm. your tongue is back farther than normal. So you only have about this much space. So you probably have sleep apnea. Mm. I'm like, oh, God. And he's like, and I was like, okay, it's so just like, give me a CPAP machine. He's like, that's not how it works. Your insurance <laughs> won't cover it unless you do the sleep study. 
I was like, okay. I was like, sign me up for the sleep study. He's like, cool, but it's booked like a month and a half out. So you got to suffer, and then yeah. you can study while not sleeping. Mm-hmm. And this was a mm-hmm. disaster. The things I did for this insurance company, right? Because, mm-hmm. like, they keep adding meds on, and I'm not sleeping. And then finally they're like, all right, well, we're going to give you this last med. This should work. Or excuse me, I called the doctor the Friday before the sleep study, which is on a Tuesday. And I call the office, and they're like, hey, he's not in right now, but, like, what's going on? And I tell them everything. They're like, okay, that makes total sense. We'll call the doctor. We'll have him prescribe this thing for you. We'll call you back in, like, an hour. And three hours goes by, and no one calls me back. So I call again. I'm like, hey, I haven't heard back. And they're like, oh, we're about to talk to him. We'll call you right back. I'm like, great, okay. And another couple hours goes by. Unless I get notice from my pharmacy that, this doctor has filled a prescription for me. So I'm like, great. So I go in, I get the prescription. It's just a couple, but that's what I asked for. Is like, yeah, you just, get by I just need Tuesday. to get till Tuesday or at least one night of sleep. And so Tuesday comes around Tuesday morning. The doctor's office calls me and they're like, Hey, we just want to make sure you're coming. And I was like, yep. Tell me what I need. And they're like, you need A, B, C, and D. And then you need that prescription we prescribed you. So you can actually sleep during the sleep study. And I was like, what? Back up here. What prescription? They're like, oh, we called it in on Friday. And I was like, I called Friday and requested a prescription. And you guys never called me back, even though I called you twice. And then a prescription got filled. So I have already taken that. And they're like, okay, well, the doctor's not here, but we'll have him call in a new one for you no! for the sleep study. <laughs> and of course, you know how that played out. So I get to the sleep study. I can't fall asleep. They hooked. I had like... You saw the I photo. I saw the picture, yeah. Yeah, it was a good photo. That was just my head. They're all over my body. Right, right. I had like 80 wires running out of me. And you're in a bed. And you get there at 8. And lights <laughs> out is at 10 o'clock. And that's like nothing. Like, you just got to lay there. <laughs> there's a camera on you. And you can see because it's a night camera. So there's all these little red dots <laughs> just watching you. I, <laughs> so I find I literally, they probably thought I was a sociopath because I can't sleep and I can't do anything. So I'm literally just staring at the camera <laughs> for six hours. <laughs> I didn't sleep for six hours. And then I finally slept for like 90 minutes and they got what they needed. And I don't have sleep apnea. Mm. I do have insomnia. I just had my like review of the results yesterday. So I got this fancy mouth guard that pushes my jaw forward so mm. I don't snore at night. And oh. that worked. Huh? So Mariella's happy. And I got this other sleep med. And I slept for the first time. Like actually slept. But I nice had a dream sleep. last night. Yeah, Ooh. that's how I know it's good. Because I'm a dreamer, and I haven't had dreams for like three months. So is this an ongoing thing, or is this just till your body <laughs> recuperates? Know. Well, so this happened a couple times throughout my life, but I always attribute it to drug use. Mm-hmm. And there's no drugs, so this might just be a thing. It's like the study was like, yeah, it took you forever to shut down. And then even when you did shut down, you were waking up like every 10 minutes, even though you don't remember it, your brain like never got out of a high brain arousal state, as they call mm. it. Oh, had a brain yeah. boner. Yep. Yeah. High brain so arousal. That's it. And that's like, dude, that was the hardest part, right? Because I'm just laying there and I can't sleep. And I'm like, if I just rub one out, like I'll probably <laughs> pass out. But I got this camera on me. I don't think that's acceptable. But the camera's not looking at your <laughs> dick. Just... Jack... But like, she's watching everything. 
Literally, if I fucking move, all of a sudden she's in the room. She's like, everything okay? You need anything? <laughs> it's creepy. This woman gets paid to hook all those wires up and then just watch me on camera for 10 hours. It's bizarre. A voyeur's wet dream. So that was it. $1,000 later. Is that what it cost you? Yeah, like just prescribe me to sleep, man, when yeah. I see you. Like I really need to go to a study. Yeah, yeah. I haven't slept in a week and you need a study? For insomnia, like <laughs> we're not sure that we believe you. It's let's let's go double check it. Yeah. So the it was for the the CPAP machine because sure. we didn't select health would have paid for the yeah. whole thing. So. But the Wienermobile runs on mustard. On mustard. So the last like, sometimes month. relish. That's like the premium. Mm. Oh, I got just that's like ten cents a gallon extra. Yeah, yeah. yeah I get you. <laughs> Little premium. So the the last <laughs> month or so, these two, my pinky and my ring finger, have been going numb, like kind of just tingly numb. Mm, that's not good. It's not good. Well, it's not as bad as it sounds. So I went to, I had looked up on it, and everything I read said that it could be this thing called cubital tunnel. And essentially, in your elbow is where your nerve goes through and it gets pinched there. Uh, so I go in, and I talk to my doctor, and I said, I think it might be this. And she's like, Well, I think it's carpal tunnel. So I said, That's fine. You're the doctor. You know, do what you got to do. And so she grabbed a hammer and beat the hell out of my wrist and did all these different things, and none of it hurt. And so she was like, oh, okay. And then she grabbed me by the elbow and it hurt. She's like, oh, yeah, maybe you've got that. So I said, great. I would love to get physical therapy. I don't want to do surgery. I just want to learn some stretches, see if we can't get this thing worked out. So she writes out the prescription for that. And then she looks at me and she gets things. She said, you know what? I think first I want you to have a nerve study, a nerve conduction study. And I said, sure. Uh, What is that? And she said, well, then we can find out exactly where your nerve's being pinched. So I said, okay, we can do that, I guess. Uh, she said, yeah, I'd rather we did that before physical therapy, like your CPAP machine. So I have to wait a month and a half for this test, and I researched it some, but I'm not going to fill you in until I show up. And everybody I've talked to at this point that have had this study done or the, the nurses that work there I talked to on the phone, they all described it the same way as unpleasant. Ugh. It's, it's just, it's unpleasant. So I said, all right, all right. So the doctor, I tell him this when he gets started, like I got to put on this gown thing and he starts. uh, The first thing that I have to do is I stick my hand in these uh, like warming bags like you use camping. And I start laughing like, what is the purpose of this? He said, well, if if your hands are cold, your nerves don't conduct as well. So we need your hands to be warm. Okay. And then I tell him, well, that's funny. And, you know, it's funny because I've talked to all these people and they all said the same thing. They said that this is unpleasant. And he got so offended that I said that. He's like, what are you, unpleasant? What do you mean unpleasant? There's there's some discomfort, but it's not unpleasant. This is going to be fine. He's <laughs> like, dude, just trying to make a joke. Break Whoa. the ice a little bit. Before you finish this, here's what I'm picturing. Please it's do. Like a, like a, a tube and you put your hand in and there's just like 200 needles that all start coming down and yeah. all at once. I said it wasn't fucking unpleasant. Your hand looks like the Hellraiser guy's head. That's what I'm picturing. Well, my friend, you're, you're not too far off. Okay, all right. So he, uh, we get past that moment, and then uh, he starts ho- hooking up different sensors on my hand, much like I imagine you had all over your body, just these little like sticky yeah. stensors. And then... Uh, he doesn't give me a lot of warning, and he pulls out what can only be described as a taser, like a medical-grade taser. <laughs> and he sticks it against my elbow, 
and he pulls the trigger and there's this little buzz and it feels like when you kind of maybe bump your elbow right and he hits it again and it's a little bit bigger buzz and he hits it a third time and my whole arm moves (laughs) (laughs) see i told you it wasn't gonna be unpleasant (laughs) and i just start laughing and i'm like this is this is ridiculous and he does not care for me laughing about this at all and so then he moves the sensors around in my hand and he does it in another place and I'm, I'm kind of laughing as he's going along. And so uh, he starts to warm up a little bit. And so I asked him, I said, so is this, are you just measuring how quick the signal goes between the two and like seeing if there's right. you know, any delay or anything like that? And he stops, he full stops. And he looks at me and he said, did you go to a university? <laughs> what? And I said, what? He's, did you go to like a uni- like the U of U? And I said, uh, I went to Slick for like three years. He said, well... You must be educated because people don't ask me these kinds of questions when I'm doing this. <laughs> like, what do they do? Are they just lay in there and you're like crying as you're jabbing them with this taser? People don't understand how, you know, electricity generally works. Exactly. So this this test had two phases. That's phase one. It was him putting sensors on my hand and tasering me. Yeah. The second step was he then took a needle and he jammed the needle in my muscle, so huh. he started up in my arm. Oh, God. How and deep we talking? I didn't look. You turned away. Well, I didn't need to see this stuff. And I'm laying down. So I'm, I'm laying down opposite. in like a nightgown. If a needle's going in, I don't want to see it, but I have to watch it. <laughs> you kind of know what's happening? <laughs> yeah, like it's worse not seeing it and just waiting to get jabbed. I would rather watch the penetrate. I don't know why Oof. that is. I can't. I, 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 it's more, I'm just going to zone out. So he jabs it in my arm, and then I have to flex the muscle against it. And I can only describe what was happening. There, he was looking at something, and it sounded like a TV, like a static on a TV. And when I used my muscle, the static got louder and louder. And I'm sure he was looking at something. So he jabs me in the arm. I do that. He jabs me in a couple other places. I keep doing that. And he's talking to me, and he's saying, yeah, I don't, I don't think that you have anything where you need surgery. You don't have nerve damage. Everything's looking good. We just want to finish out this test to make sure but I think you're probably going to be fine. I said, great, cool, thanks. So then he grabs me by the wrist, right, as close as to my hand as he can get, and he said, now this one's going to hurt, and I think to myself, this one's going to hurt. <laughs> Fuck. And he jams the needle into the meat of the oh, thumb of my palm, <laughs> and then he tells me I need to move my thumb up, and he pushes against it, and at this point, I'm just like, <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> So I have to do all this stuff. He jabs me a few more places in the hand. We're done with that. And I just start laughing. I'm just like, this is fucking ridiculous. This is wild It's like a yeah. fucking tuning up your car, you know. And I'm put these leeches on you. <laughs> yeah. We need to bleed you a little. No one's ever called this unpleasant, though. Well, and that was the thing is, so he finishes all this bullshit. And then I ask him, I said, okay, so I don't need surgery. It's nothing severe. What do I watch out for? And he says, well... If your hand gets more and more numb or if you lose uh, strength in your hand, like you can't open a bottle, come back. There's a problem. I said, great. So I wanted to try physical therapy. The reason I'm here, can I do that? He said, yeah, I'll give the results to your doctor. You talk to her. And I said, well, is that going to help? And he said, well, probably not. And I said, well, what do you mean probably not? And he said, well, (sighs) and he says, and he looks at me and he says, well, Here's the thing. When you're dying of something, we know how to help you not die. If you got cancer, we have things for that. But when you just have something that's bothering you, we don't really have a lot of studies or facts around that that of what's going to actually help you get better. So physical therapy might help. A splint might help. This might help. That might help. But really, you just need to try some different things. And what works for you works for you. 
And so I'm thinking, like, I paid all this money to come see you, so you could jab me with needles and tell me. <laughs> if you're not dying of it, there's not much we can do. We can cut you open and relieve some tension. Doctors, just pound you in the ass. You just... go to your primary, he pounds you in the ass, he refers you to a specialist, the right. specialist pounds you in the ass. Then yep. they send you to Netflix, get pounded in the ass. Yep, and right then they cancel Netflix ends. and go yeah. back to Comcast, yeah, and get, get pounded, pounded in the, in the ass. ass. No, so the the whole thing... And when I got done, I was like, it was it was just unpleasant. It wasn't the worst thing I've ever been through. <laughs> it was, it was just fucking unpleasant. Can you leave him a Google review? And that's all it says is unpleasant. unpleasant. <laughs> Do not recommend. Do not recommend. I don't. The needle one sounds more than unpleasant. It was unpleasant. But that's so I've had like <laughs> I had that lipoma cut out. And I've had like you've had your toe thing that uh, you and Tyson talked about. Like no, an ingrown. Whatever. Your dick yeah, fell off that's once. No big deal. Like that stuff. There's serious pain happening whereas this there wasn't a lot of pain it was just discomfort and just like Ugh. like above average right it was like just you like, were Ugh. you were more than you weren't like laying in an uncomfortable position you were just like fucking uncomfortable it was like Ooh, oh yeah, man yeah, he yeah, just right, jabbed right. me in the fucking muscle Ooh. and i gotta move that one is, uh i when i first moved out here and i got a treatment i was pretty low on money and i donated some plasma sure sure and the lady, she misses twice, Ugh. very clearly, and then sticks it in, and I can tell it's all fucked up. Like, I was not a needle user, but, like, I have watched it, and I have administered it, and, like, I know when you fuck it up. And oh I God. told the woman, I was like, you fucked this up. And she's like, no, I didn't. I'm busy. She walks away, and blood starts pooling down my arm. And I'm like, excuse me. I raise my hand. She comes over and just dabs it up. She's like, it's okay. And she walks away and it just kept going. Like my whole, it went down the seat and pulled up. I had like my pants and shirt covered in blood. And no one is tending to me. This woman is ignoring me. And finally someone else comes on. They're like, oh my God. I couldn't get plasma. I had like lost too much blood where I had to recharge. The secret was they were out of money. They did that on purpose yeah. so they didn't have to pay you. And just like sopped it up with a rag and rang it out in a bucket. Wow. The... Oh, yeah, blood bucket. That makes sense. Huh. Mr. Tom, you went to Evo. I did. It was not. Was it this exciting? Well, it wasn't. And I will say that it wasn't unpleasant for me, but it was unpleasant for others based on the recent Oop. news. What entity pounded you in the ass? I don't <laughs> oh, know. my goodness. <laughs> so to get into Evo, first I had to get pounded in the ass by Delta. Then I had to get pounded in the ass by Mandalay Bay. Episode name pounded, pounded in the ass. Pounded in the ass. Is Mandalay that where Bay? Evo is? At yeah, they hosted it at the convention center at Mandalay. I've never stayed there. I usually I've been to Aria a couple okay. times. Okay, all right. Yeah. I've never stayed at the Aria. It's a nice hotel. I've walked through it. We stayed at the Delano, which is it's part of Mandalay. It's just on the other side of the casino. Mm -hmm. But it's because you could get like strip view suites that would sleep like four to five people. Nice. That's cool. So it was pretty nice. Yeah. So how'd you do? So I got out of pools. Uh, so what that means for the uninitiated, basically there's bracket. Uh, I guess they don't call them, pools is like an old term, but like, so they have different uh, bracket rounds, right? So there's the first bracket round, which is, you know, the 2,000 people are grouped into groups of 16, basically, and you play. And in this case, four people got out, two in winners, two on the loser side. So two people that had not, yeah, two people that had not yet lost a game. Mm-hmm. And then two people that had lost one game but fought their way through and got out. Gotcha. So I won my first two matches. Um, 
played John Takeuchi, who's a 17-year-old Japanese pro who destroyed me. <laughs> mm. uh-huh. <laughs> that was the thing that happened to me. Um, Wait, like he came from Japan? Yeah, like he's got he's sponsored by Team Liquid. Oh wow! So yeah, he came over. That's um, pretty legit guy to kick your ass. Yeah, oh, yeah, like it, it was a it was a firm ass kicking. Um, <laughs> so technically, after the Delano, uh, John Takeuchi pounded me in the ass. This, I don't think this is racist. After he pounded you in the ass, did he like? No. He nope, just kind of like just... shook my hand and got up and walked okay, away. Yeah, right, he just right. he just kind of teenagered me, right? Where it was like, yeah, well, you got fucked, and he walked away. Okay. So hmm. well, he was seventeen. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so I lost him, and then I fought my way through losers. Um, so the cool thing was, well, I didn't really have to fight my way. So because I stayed in winners early, I just had to win one more to get out after I lost to John Takeuchi. So I felt bad because the kid I beat the first round fought his way all the way back through losers <laughs> and had to fight me again. And I beat him with a, he played Colleen uh, the first game, and I pretty much tore him apart. And he switched to Guile and fought his way all the way through with Guile, which on his part was a really great choice. Mm-hmm. Except that one of the people I train with most in the world is a Guile who is a thousand times better than this kid. <laughs> and so when he picked Guile, I just went, oh, man. <laughs> and then I destroyed him. <laughs> like, way worse than I destroyed him the first time because I'm not super comfortable with the Colleen matchup. Like, I don't play it a lot. I play the Guile matchup two hours a week. Like, I, anything this kid did, I had an answer for. And I'm like, you better fucking figure this out, kid. And he didn't. So I destroyed him. And then I played an Alex in my next bracket set. And I had to, like, as soon as I lose, I'm out. And I have never played a good Alex before. Hmm. Um, so Alex is considered a pretty low tier in Street Fighter. Um, like, bottom five. Uh, and because of that, people don't really pick him. So if you run into, like, the rule of thumb with fighting games is if you run into a considered, quote-unquote, low-tier character later on in a tournament or at an advanced level, that means they're real fucking good at that character because they have been slugging it out with this shit character for three straight years, right? Wow. So that happened, and I learned a lot about the Alex matchup real quick. <laughs> and the next time I play a good Alex, I'm sure I will do a lot better. But it was fun. So that's, you got that. That was the end of it. Yeah, it was the end of it. So yeah, I got uh, like three hundred and fiftieth or something out of two thousand. Is there um, like etiquette in these? Like, can you shit talk your opponent when you're sitting there? You can. And there's no consequences. No, I mean you might get your ass kicked later, but no, you, you can do it. No, like I could be playing and be like, "You fuckface, <laughs> your life's a lie." And yeah, get in you, his head, and they don't no, no, no consequences. No, that's that's technically okay. part of the metagame. All that's right. like StarCraft. I mean, obviously, it's called if you say, BMing. Like, <laughs> if you say like racist or sexist shit, right? Yeah, like yeah. you're probably going to get banned. I wouldn't, but I wouldn't do that. But I mean, if, cunt, I guess, is kind of eh, a gray area. It's a good word. If it's a guy. Yeah, but like you can say what you want, but like you know. The thing is, is you got to be careful with your shit talk because you can shit talk real good and get blown up and then it makes you look dumb. Mm. Yeah, but it's fun. It is fun. It is super fun. Um, that but happens yeah. to me in FIFA, but I will shit talk. Mm. It could be 6-0 and I'm never coming back <laughs> and I will talk until that whistle blows. <laughs> That's um, part of the game. Yeah. yeah. Shit talk is part of the game. But the cool thing I will say is, you know, there was a contingent of Utah players... Um, I mean, we had 14 just with us, not to mention the other probably 15 that were there. Oh, wow. So there was like 30 people from Utah. And on the Street Fighter side, I think there was nine. There were nine people that entered Street Fighter from the Utah group. And seven of those nine, maybe eight of ten, got out of first round pools, which is a big deal. Like, so like, if you think about that, that means like eight of the ten people that came with us got in the top 500. And then two of them actually got into the top 200. 
um, which is super dope. And one of which was that Guile player <laughs> that I play against all the time. He actually got really far. Um, so yeah, it was it was really cool, uh, dope experience, you know. And then finals day was great. The announcements were fun. And then I stayed in Vegas for a conference. Came home. Sounds like a big week. Did big you week. roll some dice? I didn't. I don't really gamble. Okay. Um, it's not my bag. Like I'm cheap, and like ten dollar bets hurts for me. Like throwing ten bucks down on like a twenty percent chance just like breaks my soul. Um, I would rather gamble on Street Fighter matches because at least. So I did gamble on those actually, and I lost. Uh, I won. At the end of finals, I was down twenty bucks. And. That's not bad they will do that, right? Because you are in Vegas, and uh, it's this convention. Are yeah, the bookies is, within is, the casinos taking bets? No, this on... is this is like gambling with people in the audience. This is not legal. There isn't a bookie set up for this thing. I figured not they would that jump seen. on that. They, huh. No, you think they would, but they're still just doing like normal sports betting. Like really? I don't think you can actually. I've never seen a place where you can actually gamble on the game. Hmm. But like, there's people running around the crowd, like, and they have like what they consider to be the odds, right? But it's a little bit better in your favor because truth be told, like these guys probably follow it relatively well, but they also have like rules, right? Like one of their rules is never bet against Japan. And like if you know a player, like I won a good bet because I bet I bet on the European kid that I knew was like fucking stellar and I had been watching him play a lot. And I, I won like 60 bucks betting against Japan, right? But then I lost 40, well, then I lost 80 bucks essentially throughout the rest of the game betting against Japan and then different situations. We're actually betting, I lost money betting on Japan. So like, yeah, so that's fun though, right? Because it's like, if you lose 20 bucks for four hours of gambling and you're having a hell of a good time with your friends, like that's fun. Totally. So. That's why that's I like Wendover. against Japan. A little thing called World War Two. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's the American way. So, yeah, yeah Evo was good. You know, all the weird drama aside, and not weird drama, all the shitty drama of people being bad humans aside, like, I hope to see that get cleaned up. I will say that if Evo doesn't, like, take steps towards it, like, they've been really silent about everything that happened at their event, I probably won't go back. That's some what? shitty stuff happened. What happened? So, there was an after party hosted by Red Bull uh, Sunday night, which I didn't attend. Um, but basically, people were roofing people and it came out later that it was actually some pretty prominent members of the fighting game community who were pretty well known that were doing it. Um, There was like some sexual assault stuff, like things like that, and like just real bad shit, like super bad. Are they investigating it? Uh, Evo? Evo hasn't said a word about it. That's the whole fucking thing is like Evo has been really quiet about it, and the thing that makes it worse too is, uh, so Infiltration's a player who has been banned from the Capcom Pro Tour, because he was charged, but with yeah, this isn't laughing. No, his tag is infiltration. Yeah, <laughs> no, it might as well be implication. <laughs> right, right. Like it, <laughs> it, it adds up. And he, uh, so he got charged with like domestic abuse in Korea, hey. and so his team investigated. That found out like yeah, it's pretty fucked up. They kicked him off the team. Capcom pulled him from the tour. Well, out of the blue this year, he was like, I'm gonna go to Evo and play this game, like a random game that wasn't Street Fighter Samurai Showdown, and everybody was like. Mm. Like we don't really want you around, but Evo was like, "Fuck yeah, it's good to see a champion come back." And it was like, mm. and then he ended up like winning it, and they like they spun this whole thing as like a big comeback story. And it's like, nah, this guy's like a, a wife beater. It's not a comeback story. Like he's a piece of shit, and you just allowed him to continue being a piece of shit. You just experienced the transition, right? This is like the first. Oh, this is a professional sport because that happens every right. day in football and <laughs> You're basketball. Right. And- Kobe Bryant? Yep. Yeah. yeah. You're right. Every one in ten it. NFL players? like I think you're being generous. But one I in think, ten. <laughs> so I think the big difference is, you know, 
like there's a player and she it was actually a female player she mm. came got accused of sexual assault and came out and was like yeah i did this and i'm a shit person for doing it and i feel whoa, terrible whoa. wait a minute yeah so she uh was sexually assaulting women actually oh, oh yeah yeah so and like like groping women and shit like that so that all came out mm. and all of these big tournaments on the capcom pro tour were like we don't want her at our fucking tournament and again case in point evo has said nothing so like it's just kind of a big proving point to me that Evo doesn't actually give a fuck about the community or the people in it. They just give a fuck about making money and running an event, right? Mm-hmm. And that's disappointing. And like Evo, it's really hard because Evo has so much good going for it in my perspective. Like it's the it's a rare occasion where I get to see tons of people that I don't see a lot, that I talk to on Discord, all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Everybody makes an effort to be there, right? But at the same time, like, do you really want to support something that's like that? Because I don't. I hear you. Like, even though Vegas is a super easy get, I would rather spend that money to go to Chicago or fucking the East Coast and play over there, where I know those TOs are actually, you know, standing up for morals and shit. So And it's Vegas. Fuck Vegas, like, man. You Ugh. can get fucked in Vegas without roofing people. Yeah, you absolutely can. There are whorehouses, there are thousands of It's legal. Like they hand out women fucking flyers. Looking to get well, yeah, that's people in Vegas are looking to make some mistakes. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> because what to happens? Quote, you know, Jonah Hill. Mm-hmm. Why can't you be that mistake? So anyway, that's that's my thing. So like, while I had a good time, I sucked a tit <laughs> for seven hours. <laughs> what is that from? <laughs> that's, uh, um, Jonah Hill in uh, the video game. Yeah, um, Grandma's Boy. Yeah. Oh, I've never seen that. Nope. <laughs> You're missing out. So yeah, that just like just my opinion, like. That sounds shitty. It, it was kind of shitty to like come home and see all that and like not to make it about me, but it's like that's really disappointing that you know people I care about and look up to have to go through that shit. And the fact that the community I love isn't really safe for women is a bummer. So hopefully Evo steps up and does something because for me, like I think just like I took a stance against Fanex because they're a bunch of shitheads, I would take a stance against Evo. I hear you. Well, and the thing is, and is I like you could easily lasts. turn that around. <laughs> If they had GHB, that's just a good time. Take yeah. it yourself. Roofie well, yourself. It's incredible. It's well, like that, beer so, bonging 30 so, beers, so, but you're not nauseous at all. So, you're just spun out. <laughs> so that actually happened to a dude. He took a drink that was meant for a friend because she was tired of drinking, and it had GHB in it. Yeah, and it fucked him. And but if was, you've been drinking, right, then like it's bad. And but he had you just take the GHB and right. maybe like one beer. You're, no, you're he had been drinking good, and like good six hours of fun. But but that's just a sign of like how prevalent it was. Is like he was with his female friend. Took her, she was tired of drinking. Took her drink, and he ends up getting roofied. Like it was real fucked. I roofed it. Up. To you guys there you what? I would. I was real into GHB. Tracks. And uh, one night I took it. And the next thing I know, I'm waking up in some girl's bed. Is this the it's like, van story? The what? Where you end up in the yeah, van? Yeah. yeah. But like, what is that? Because I did it to myself. <laughs> so it's not an assault. But like, I didn't know I went to the, this girl. Clearly. But did she? Suckered me into I would not have done that if I was sober. I bet you would have. I don't think I would. I'm victim blaming here, John. I'm, I'm victim <laughs> yeah, blaming. Yeah, John, you what are. were you wearing when you get when you roofied yourself? <laughs> Question: Did, did she I mean, have... I was in college, so I had like a huge hemp necklace, probably a Bob Marley shirt. <laughs> mm, did, here's some a question: Green cargo pants. Would you have described your pants as troubled? My pants? Troubled pants? Did you have troubled pants? I left them. I mean, they were causing me trouble. I couldn't <laughs> get them on. I just abandoned them. <laughs> Sorry, it's a deep Twitter reference from today. Some guy talked about how women cause men to have troubled pants. Troubled oh. pants. Which is now my Twitter name is now Tom with the troubled pants. Oh boy. Anyways. Anyways. Well, that's pretty horrible. 
Yeah, it's pretty, it was pretty bad. Like anyway, That's I didn't true. mean to get on that dark path, but it's kind of sad. And yeah, it happens. But otherwise, I did well at Evo and I had a good time. And I met my, I got to talk to Joe Monday and buy his book from him. Joe Monday. And I paid fifteen dollars for a fucking purple drink. Purple drink. Basically, a purple Red Bull vodka for fifteen dollars, and they were not fucking free pouring. Like I even <laughs> said to the bartender, I'm like, I just paid fifteen dollars for this. You're gonna free pour, right? And motherfucker, like, poured it right to the line of the shot and was like, eh. It's like, fuck you, dude. It's like, I just bought a bottle of vodka. Just pour it in. <laughs> Give anyway. me something. Yeah. So, I got an Ecto 1 story for you. Do it. Hit us. I'll see the Ecto 1. So, this will tie into this, but I've I've decided I'm going to start collecting parts to build an Ecto 1. Now, when you say parts, you mean like full size car parts, right? Yeah. So not you like, have, not you like have Lego that parts. Car. Yeah. Yeah, I do. You do have that car. That's a 1960 millimeter future duplex. Everything runs. Yep. Runs like a top. So when you say parts, you're talking about like all the stuff on top and in the back. Yeah. Your ladders and what have you. Yeah. You need to put the door handles on the right side? Better. Yeah. Thanks for following along with that. You're welcome. So sorry for kind of making fun of you and saying, God damn it. No, no, I was reading it. I just, (laughs) we just like to troll. It was fun. You're fine. I didn't care. The, so yes, I'm trying to track down parts. And as you might imagine, Ghostbusters fans being the worst, like any other yeah, fandom, yep. and trying to find accurate. It's just a huge pain in the ass, right? So the whole trick of any of this prop stuff is to find like a proxy to be like, hey, you've done this. You seem like a cool guy. Will you help me with information? It's very hard to do. Very hard to find somebody. So I find this dude, um, super nice guy, and he's getting into it. And I said, where'd you get your light bars? The light bars, this is the Ecto from the second movie. Mm. This is the first movie I'm doing. So the blue big bars, yep. there's two on the front, or one on the front, two on the back. Or sorry, two together. Anyhow, so he said, there's this dude. Um, this is his name. This is his number. Shoot him a text. Tell him I told you. So I do. And I, this was like six months ago, mm. five months ago. I said, hey, looking for some light bars. And he said, well, there's these ones, but... Um, it's up to you. These are kind of cool. These are kind of cool. And he's just pointing me directions, right? Yeah. So I don't follow through on that. And I kind of fall off the wagon. Uh, and then I come back to it this last week. And I text him and said, hey, I'm interested again. Can I uh, can I talk to you about this? And he said, sure. Actually, I've got one. I'll sell you. I said, great. Sounds good. And he said, I'm happy to work with you on this, but you can't tell anybody. Wait, one set? Like one light bar. Everything you need, or just one of the light bars. One light so bar. Still short. Three light bars. No, sorry. There's only two total. I, okay. I misspoke. Right. So, so there's you're one in front, bar. one in back. Okay. So he's like, I've got one. I can sell you, but you can't tell anybody. Huh? And I was like, what? And he said, you can't talk to anybody about this. So I, I immediately, I'm like, this is shady as fuck. Yeah, right. But this is the only lead I've had on these light bars that are impossible to find. So I ask him. This is going to be divulging even more information. I ask him, well, how much? Do you want for it? You are telling people right now. Yeah. I know. I know. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm just making sure. I, I was thinking to myself, this is the mistake I'm making. I'm aware of it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Is the light bar in the mail? No. By the time this airs, will it be shipped? No. You're risking a light bar. Well, there's more to the story. So I ask him, what do you want for this? And he says, well, make me an offer. So top to bottom, can't tell anybody I'm talking to this dude. He won't give me a fucking price on this thing, but he sent me pictures. I know he's got something or at least pictures of something. So I've sat on a day. I asked some other guys like, well, what did you pay on your light bar? Blah, 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 blah. So everybody was telling me that they were paying north of $400 for this okay. bar. And so I've, I thought, I, I don't want to. Can I ask a question about the light bar? 
Sure, sure, sure. So are these light bars are these light bars things that are manufactured or do you have to find them to make them legit? Like how does does that make sense? Like could you go to like a metal fabrication shop and give them a spec sheet and they could make you a light bar? Not or are these for... like light bars that have to be pulled off of like old cop cars or some shit? Exactly. Okay. I wouldn't necessarily be able to do it for that cheap. Um so if you really want to get down in the dirty nitty gritty. You have to go to like a pick and pull or some shit. So these are it's the brand is called a Code Three, okay. and then the model is a Force Four XL. Okay, so it's like the deep dive of nerdy yeah, shit. This is right? the exact like this is the exact light bar used in Ghostbusters One. Exactly. So, I I talked to this guy. He's got these light bars. They're tough to find, and most people use ones that are close, but not those. And then he uh, he says, "Well, make me an offer, and I can actually get a hold of blue lenses." Well, why does that matter? Well, blue lenses are apparently impossible to find. They didn't make as many of them, and most of them are gone. And so I'm like, you can get blue lenses? He said, yeah, I can get new ones manufactured, but they're going to cost like 500 bucks for a pair of them because there's two per light. Right. So I was like, fucking Jesus Christ. Okay. So I asked around. I talked to a couple people. And so I, I lowballed the dude and I said, how about I give you 400 bucks? He said, I keep hearing about 400 bucks. I said, how about I give you 400 bucks for one? And he responded and said, I think that's too much. How about 350 What? And I'm like, what the fuck is up with yeah, this dude? Yeah, that's weird. Isn't this? Yeah. So he, I asked him, so this is for this exact model of this thing. And he said, yeah, just call me. Like, I'm driving, call me. And I'm thinking, this is a shady motherfucker. And I call, and I make friends with this dude on the phone within seconds. He's the funniest dude. And uh, so we get talking about him. Like, so it's this, this, and this. And he starts describing. And he said, okay, well, if you want this, do you want it chrome or powder-coated? I was like, I don't fucking know, dude. He said, well, powder coat is how it is in the movie, but some people prefer chrome for these reasons. I'm like, I, yeah. okay, powder coated, dude. Whatever you think. And he said, all right, but what about the speed of the lights? He said, in the movie, in this scene, the speed is uh, this, and you can do three rotations in this much time, but it's two rotations if we use these ones. And I was just like, I, I stopped like, dude, I'm a Ghostbusters fan, but I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. You're getting deep yeah. into this. So we get talking more and more about it. And I'm like, what is your story? He's like, oh, I'm from Utah. I worked for the fire department and it was cheaper for them to train me. Like I went off for training to deal with these code bars. And so I just did that for everywhere in Utah. And I've retired and I have all these light bars in my garage. And so I help people that make movies for the light bars. And he names off these Hollywood movies he's been a part of. He said, my wife is sick and tired of all these light bars in the garage and she just wants me to get rid of them. So I don't care what I'm getting rid of them for. I just want them to go somewhere. So I'm like, okay, oh, this is all starting to Yeah, this down. is more Fine. legit, yeah, yeah. And so then he starts explaining the differences from the front to the rear and this versus that and how he's like, it's not going to be vintage, but I can basically make you one that looks exactly right, but it's all brand new parts and newer technology. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, sure, dude, sounds good. You know, nobody's going to know the difference. And I start talking about the proton pack I built. And he said, well, shit, you build proton packs. How about we do a trade? You build me a pack or ghost trap or something we'll just trade it and i was like who the fuck is this guy right yeah so that's my first dive into the prop stuff so far for the car and started shady good. and i feel like i feel like it's a good so deal yeah both light bars now he's gonna make both of them for me that's cool the front Dude, and the back that's so neither one's an original but he's gonna make them both and no one will be able to tell yeah, it'll be built from original parts. Yeah. And so like the blue lenses that yeah. I was like... He's putting you... all new stuff in, but it's the, the core. Because he's a distributor for yeah. the Code 3, so he was telling me that the blue lenses, he's like, it's the manu- they make it at the same pole that they used to for me. 
they just go back to pull off that old one and they pull some new ones for me. So that's why they're expensive, but they're made from the exact right yeah. things. So I was that's like, fuck, cool. I fell ass backwards into this thing. That's awesome, man. That actually, I thought this story <sighs> was like, be like, he was like knocking off cop cars and like, he, like he was like, well, I need to know how much you're going to pay me. No, it's worth my time to like go steal one off a car or some shit. Yeah. That's why I was, I was picturing he is breaking into a film studio yeah. and just ripping them off of the actual <laughs> Ecto, the stunt cars or whatever. Yeah, totally. And they have to keep replacing them because this guy's sneaking in and stealing <laughs> them and selling them. When I asked the Ghostbusters that dark web. <laughs> I made a joke about it too. I'm like, Ghostbusters fans are the worst. Like, you don't have to go into this much detail for me. And he started laughing. He's like, yeah, people get real riled up about some of these details. And he said, because I do stuff with movies, I have access to the studio specs for how they built this originally. And I have pictures that aren't like open to the public for how they built these things. So I know what's what, but people like to argue with me. And yeah, the fans can be a bit much. And then I thought like, oh, of course he doesn't want people to know that he's selling. He doesn't want to deal with this shit. Yeah. So it was a whole thing. So with that, I brought an Ectomobile to show you guys. Oh, cool. Not those on the podcast. So the, what are the, Playmobile or Play? Yeah, I think it's the Playmobil stuff. I don't know if you guys have seen these, but it's the, I think like Quinn Rollins was big into this stuff. Remember these oh, little dudes? Oh, yeah, 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 yep. Yeah. yeah. They're like the they're like the giant minifigs, for lack of a better description. Exactly. The Ecto-1 that they've built, the first one was super cool. This one's based off the second movie, and it's got the lights on it that are oh, that's super sick. rad, and it's got the sound and everything. So for a little toy, it's pretty rad. That's super dope, yeah. The reason I brought to show you, Tom, and I don't know that I have this here, but so for the toys, I would have freaked out about this as a kid. The ghost trap comes with this little plastic yeah. triangle. And you download. Do some cool. So, <laughs> it's hard to see. We're going to we might have to do this after the podcast. OK, can but, we just hit the lights? Yeah. Hold on. Okay. There's a switch right here. Yeah. Okay, so the way this works, and I recommend anybody looks this shit up online. I've seen some Star Wars stuff of this. All right, so it tells you to turn up your brightness and all that other good stuff, which I haven't done. Where's my brightness? Oh, sorry, Tom. I'm going to record this. So, okay, so the way this works is you have to download their free little app, Mm -hmm. and then you pick which ghost you want. And then you set the ghost trap exactly where it tells you to. And then on the plastic from either side, if you look from here, you can see the ghost. It's like a little hologram. I'm going to pop it back up for you there, Tom. We'll do this. So it's easiest to see directly from a side. Oh, I see it. Yep. Yeah, so then you get a Slimer or the different ghosts, and he floats around. Can't see it from the top so much. And then on the little phone, you push the button, sucks it into the ghost trap. Which, as a child, I would Good have times. lost my yeah, shit about totally. this. Like, for as an adult, cool, yeah. check this out. But the yeah, that fact that kids have that cool shit going. push thing to pump the, the foam. foam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love those things. Whereas this, you know, there's a whole app that will fake download a hologram of Slimer into your ghost trap. I thought you'd appreciate that, No, Tom. that's super fucking cool. And, like, if you think about it from a scalability, right, they can throw in, like, different ghosts and oh yeah that's, and that's funny shit yeah if you go in through the app it's got you know five or six different ghosts that you can that's use cool so i thought that was really cool uh you can buy a pair of ghostbusters with the ghost trap that you can use for the with the app for like 10 bucks no shit if i remember right 
the Ecto was either 60 or 70 and it comes with all four Ghostbusters, a trap and the little gadget to use it on the phone. That's actually like for a Playmobil thing. That's not too bad. Oh, not at all. And the the scale of the Cadillac is really cool. It's really accurate. There's only one goofy thing on it that nobody but people like me are going to know on the front bumper. It has three bumps on each corner rather than two bumps. It should be two. adding bumps. And I don't know why, because it's close enough to the rest of the Cadillac. I still, they still had to pay for Cadillac's I licensing. Wonder, I know? wonder if like there's like a bolt under there or some shit that's like holding a thing on. Or maybe I don't know. Or maybe like the modeler just wasn't paying attention and they just added the extra bump without thinking about it. Which is funny because it's so precise on everything else, but. It's super cool. If you like Ghostbusters and you want to have an Ecto-1 with some decent lights, I really like the first one from the first movie. If you like the second movie one, it's just as cool, but yeah. it's not as cool. Is this the, the goo? Lights or anything. Yep, so that's the slime, and this comes yeah. off. This is just Oh, sick. It's like kids. a sticky hand? Yeah, it's like a, it's a little sticky thing you can put wherever. That's cool. There, For the money, Vigo, it's super cool. Right? Vigo. Vigo the Carpathia. Of Carpathia. Yeah. yeah. Vigo the Butch. Oh, Vigo. Ghostbusters 2. I liked Ghostbusters 2. Yeah. yeah. Fuck, I have a Ghostbusters 2 tattoo for fuck's sake. Yeah, you do. The Scalari Brothers. Scalari Brother. Which one did you get? I got the skinny one. Lance got the fat one. That's awesome. Tried him for murder. Gave him the chair. One of the better scenes. Yeah, great scene. courthouse scene. Good scene. Well, my friends, thank you for hearing my Act of One stories. I think that's all I got for you. I'm going to go buy a new toy. That'll pound me in the ass. Head over to Toys R Us. Oh, they're out of business. They got pounded in the ass. Playmobil pound you in the ass. <laughs> then you get you handed over Hot Wheels. They'll pound you in the ass. <laughs> then you go to find a decent car. Get Trying to get this light the... bar, and I got pounded, pounded in the, in the ass. ass. This episode has been brought to you by the Bohemian Brewery, located at 94 East Fort Union Boulevard in Midvale, Utah. Please make sure to like and rate us on iTunes. <laughs>